everyone. Welcome back to Mindset Teaching Outside the Box. We are your hosts, Jillian Willie and Eileen Edwards. And today we are talking about the third universal law, which is the art of allowing. Yes, the art of allowing. It's like part three mm-hmm. of this law of attraction talk. Um, what we mean by the art of allowing is I am that which I am, and I am pleased with it, joyful in it, and you are that which you are. And while it is different, perhaps, from what with that which I am, it is also good. I love, I love all of this, but this piece kind of drives it home for me. This art of allowing at the core of it, and it's what Eileen was just saying with the definition, is you or or us, uh, you as the person, being able to live your life, create your life, do what makes you happy and brings you joy, while also being truly joyful and okay with other people doing what makes them happy and living their life and doing the things in their own way. Um, and we're going to talk later about, about this in a little bit more detail, but that that's kind of what it is at the, at the core of it. And I love it because I feel like so often we let, and we've talked about this before, We let other people, either their opinions or what they're doing, influence us and our happiness and what we're doing. And I think it's so powerful to know that we can do us and we can let other people do them and we can all still be okay and all still be happy and all still get along. Yeah. Um, And I talk a lot about... um being like accepting of the present moment, part of, you know, presence practices. I mean, the present moment is your present moment. Like (laughs) um, it's already happening right now. And so um, to me, it's really important that um, we accept it. We allow it. Um, And I know we've said this in multiple episodes that, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that you may agree or like something that someone says or what someone does, but um, accepting your present moment as it is, um, allowing what is to be. Um, there's just such great amount of peace that comes from that and a r- severe reduction in suffering. Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times we tolerate people or what they're doing. And there is a big difference between toleration and allowing, you know, tolerating is still, even if it's not, um, a big negative feeling, it is still a negative feeling. You know, something that I've really been learning through this journey of exploring the law of attraction and all of these laws we've been talking about and just limiting beliefs and the negative feelings is that there are a lot of negative feelings that are small and you don't even necessarily necessarily 
think of them as negative unless you're paying attention to them. So anything that doesn't feel purely good is a negative feeling. So when you're tolerating somebody, it doesn't feel good, you know, because you're kind of just saying, yeah, I'm going to let you do this, whatever it is, but I'm not, I'm not in alignment with what you're choosing to do. So it's still a negative feeling. So when we can move out of that, I'm tolerating you and over to the, I'm truly okay with you doing what you're doing. And I'm going to truly allow you to do whatever you want, or maybe they don't want it, but they're still working through, you know, being able to apply these laws to themselves, you know, but truly being okay, like even making mistakes. Like I get this a lot. I mean, from a lot of people, but I can think growing up and I mean, I've done it with my own kids. You want to protect them, you know? So being truly okay with letting your kids go out and make their mistakes, you know, and, and allowing, but coming from that place of truly being okay with it rather than I'm going to tolerate it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people do. And they, might even like pat themselves on the back for tolerating things, but um, tolerating is not the same thing as allowing. Um, yeah, it's not. Mm -hmm. I've tried to be really mindful of it since learning about all of this. Um, I've been really mindful of how I feel Something that when I started learning about the law of attraction and how everything we think about, you know, the essence of those thoughts, the essence of the energy is what we attract to us. So I started really monitoring my thoughts and it gets tiring after a while. And even Abraham Hicks says that it gets tedious. So rather than monitoring your thoughts, listen to your feelings you know, our feelings are our guidance system. So if you just pay attention to how you feel, then you'll know, okay, well, my thoughts are in alignment with my higher self or with what I truly want, or my thoughts aren't. So by doing that, it's a lot easier. So I've been very um, conscious of paying attention to how I feel, which has helped with these little things. And that's how I've realized, oh my gosh, there's so many things that happen every day that they're so small, I don't even recognize them as negative, but it doesn't make me feel just good. So that, that has been really helpful for me. So maybe that will help some of our viewers out there too. Yeah, I like that um, idea of, um, like my son calls it, like going with your gut kind of thing. It's like you're, you're reading your the sensations in your body um, and getting that information to help you know, make decisions and things like that. But same thing when interacting with other people or with situations, um, using that as um, uh, an important tool. Uh -huh. Absolutely. And actually, it was interesting. My, um, my family and I went on vacation to the Outer Banks two weeks ago. And it was amazing. And we were all just so happy and just felt, just felt good. And then, um, today my husband and I were talking and 
he was saying how good he felt. I was like, let's just do it. Like, we feel so good. You know, why don't we just listen to how we feel? You know, and people don't do that enough. You know, like, we're like, let's move there. You know, why aren't we doing it? If our guidance system is telling us this is where we should be, then why aren't we there? Why are we here? Where it's not like, you know, we hate being here, but it doesn't feel particularly good, you know? So, just imagine how good it could be if we all listen to our feelings, you know, and I don't know. I lost my thought for a second. Go ahead. I know you were going to say something. No, I was just going to say that, you know, these, um, these feelings, they, um, they come from, you know, like I keep wanting to use that same word. Like they come from your gut. They come from inspiration. They come from, the universe or, you know, whatever you want to call it, but, um, we have to make sure that we're paying attention to them. Uh Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that we've been taught not to do or not that we've been taught not to do it, it, but the paradigms that have stopped us, you know, that you have to have a plan, you have to have a job, you have to have X, Y, and Z in place before you can't just up and leave but there are so many people that do up and just leave and it works out for them. And why is that? Because they're following what they're in alignment with and they believe in it. If you just, if you do that, if you just up and go with what makes your heart happy, then you're showing unwavering belief in it because you're aligning with it because you're taking action that aligns, you know? Um, But I remember what I was going to say. I was going to say that we are free to create the world as we want it to be. And so many of us don't realize that. This world can literally be filled with whatever we want. If you can think it in your mind, you can create it in your reality. And it's just all of those limiting beliefs that get in the way. And two, like we use it to create the negative. So something else that Abraham was saying is that there is literally nothing to worry about in this world unless you create it. So like he was saying, you know, like people breaking into people's houses, that cannot happen to you unless you invite it in you know, or going to jail or losing your job. I mean, nothing can happen to you unless you invite it in. And that goes back to the law of attraction part of this, that we attract the essence, you know, but, you know, there's the two ways of inviting things in. One is attracting the, the energy, you know, so if you put out that really intense negative energy, you're attracting like experiences to you and also what you think about. So if you like were to watch, you know, on the news, that's why I hate the news personally, (laughs) you know, you watch on the news, like there's a bunch of break-ins, you know, in a city two, you know, two cities away from you. Then you start thinking about break-ins. Well, then you're starting to, you know, you're starting to invite that to happen to you. And like, I feel like that kind of happened with COVID. (laughs) Like it got so big because we gave so much energy to it, you know, and we, we don't have to have these negative experiences if we can kind of change our thoughts and start attracting, you know, 
the good more heavily. Yeah. Um, something that um, I was just telling someone yesterday is that like everything that it like everything already exists. That's already like out there. It's just a matter of bringing it into your physical reality. Um, so we're talking about like challenges when manifesting, um, which is along these same lines. And, um, you know, it's, it's already out there, but we need to make sure that we're believing and that we're trusting in um, the universe that, you know, this, all of these things, they're all already out there, whether it's a house in the Outer Banks or um, a new job or whatever it is, it's all like out there. But I do understand from personal experience, I do understand um, because of, you know, my own conditioning and patterns and limiting beliefs. I do understand the hesitation. <laughs> like I do understand that natural reaction to be like, yeah, but you know, yeah. um, still, even after doing this for as long as I've been doing it, I'm still, it kind of just rears its ugly head sometimes. Um, we've talked about that a couple of times, you know, it's like, there's a couple of things that they just keep, <laughs> they just keep buttoning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even, I mean, as you just, you know, <laughs> kind of mentioned totally, you know, it's, it's, it, it's the knowing doing gap. I don't know if any of our viewers or if you've heard of that, but, and this happens for so many things. It's when you know what to do and you know, the content, but then applying it, you know, from what you know to what you're doing, your actions, there's a gap there because of those programs and those paradigms that are already in place. And it's, it is a process and it's very doable to overcome that, you know, but you do have to go through the process of changing those paradigms, um, which can be, it can be hard internally, you know, um, and you have to, you have to do it with fidelity. And I know for me personally, I have so many things that I'm working on that it's like, I'm, I'm trying to choose which are the things that I need, I want to work on in the moment and I'm doing them one at a time, you know, so it takes time to, to do them, you know, but totally not saying it's easy, just saying it's possible. And the reason for that, because you talked about the whole knowing and doing is like the knowing part of us, like that thought process, like that is our conscious mind. Like that's our, you know, our memories, our conditioning, our patterns, all of that stuff. It's that data that's stored, um, that we're always going to fall back on. It's like that conscious, but the subconscious mind is what controls like 95% of everything. Um, and so it's like this inner, you know, turmoil like we know but then you know the doing um will do um subconsciously from you know things that are you know in our memory unless we clear that stuff we have to clear those limiting beliefs we have to clear those patterns those conditions um like actively consciously changing those things 
because then um, when things are clean and cleared, then we have the ability to, I was saying this earlier, ability to act from inspiration. We have the ability to um, have things just kind of drop at our feet or uh-huh. um, ideas. Like I, sometimes I text you and I'm like, I don't know why, but this just happened like yesterday. Uh-huh. Those that are not the two of us. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was just doing this and this came into my head. Um, but it's just making sure that we're, you know, actively clearing that stuff so that we can um, get those gut feelings. We can, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can tune in too and, and know when when you know to be looking out for them, then you know, oh, this is a gut feeling or I call them intuitive hits. You know, it's all the same thing, just yes. different language. Because um, I think so many people have those good, anytime you have a thought and you say, oh my gosh, this is a really good idea, that's an intuitive hit. People just don't follow through with their good ideas because then you sit on it. And if you stop and you don't do it, then you start thinking and then the logic comes in and then it's not in a spirit, you know, because those intuitive hits come from spirit, the spiritual (laughs) side of you that is aligning to what you want, you know, or what you're manifesting, whether it's conscious or not. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, and something that can help too to make it so fluid because you were saying you know sometimes they just come and it's like out of nowhere and it's like whoa what happened you know the more you focus on what you want um then those intuitive hits are going to come you know one of the things I know and we were just talking about how hard it is you know but we are humanizing it so if we spend time every day just focusing on what we want and we go through the process without trying to do anything, without trying to physically do anything, just living in our thoughts, you know, trying to cancel out those negative thoughts and, and get to a place of what Abraham calls purity of thought. When you are pure in your belief, that is when the so-called magic happens and the manifestation does come very quickly. The problem is that we bounce back and forth, you know, we'll get an idea and then, you know, the next day it's like, oh yeah, but I can't do it because, well then, you know, you're bouncing back and forth. If you can stop doing that, which again, I know it's easier said than done, but if you can just, you know, and even just like work, it can be a work in progress, you know, but working toward that purity of thought will bring the belief. And then the manifestation will happen so fast and you'll have that, you know, intuitive hit and it'll just flow and it'll be effortless and it'll be easy and it'll all happen. You know, we, we put so much into things and, and we don't have to. Yeah. Um, I definitely think it's important to, this is something that I've talked about before. Also um, the whole idea of um, being versus doing now, I'm not talking about the same thing we were just talking about as far as like doing like the going with your gut, the insp- not talking about that. I'm talking about the, um, just having time to be still like for me, it's meditation, mindfulness, whatever it is, but 
when we actively engage in those practices, those presence practices, those mindfulness practices, um, we allow time to just be um, thoughtless, mindless, whatever you want to call it, um, but just being. Um, and I think that's why that particular instance happened. Cause I told you in my message to you, it was like, I was just sitting there. It was really strange. I was just sitting there and I was crocheting. Like I was just mindlessly just sitting there, no TV, no talking, no, it was almost kind of like a, a meditative state even. And it was just like, bloop. <laughs> this idea just like popped in my head. And I was like, huh. That's actually pretty good. It's <laughs> like, let me text you clean. Um, and it was a really good idea. Yes. So it's like, I think that um, we really have to make an effort to um, be in that being state more than the doing. Not the, when I think of doing, I'm thinking, you know, the thoughts and the actions and the planning and the to-do lists and all of that stuff. Um and instead of being there, being present, being just being. Um, and I personally um, am diagnosed with um, hyperacusis, which is like a severe sensitivity to sound, um, something that I've had for as long as I can remember. Um, and I remember like, something that I used to say a lot was like, I just can't um, think, or I don't know um, what I was doing, or I don't, because I could hear everything and anything all at once. And all of it was like top notch. <laughs> and it was just like trying to weed through it all. Um, and going through tons of diagnoses until, you know, it ended up being that. And it was funny because about a year, a little bit, maybe a little bit more than a year after I started meditation, I realized, wait a second, I know what the issue was. Like, not that I'm not sensitive to sound, I am, but I don't deal with the symptoms anymore. Um, yes, the sound is there. All the sounds are there. They always are, but they don't cause suffering anymore. Um, and I remember working with a group for an enlightenment course and it like just going off like a light bulb in my head. I was like, oh my gosh, I know what it was. All of those sounds, all of those noises, talking, just environmental noise, whatever it was, they were all interfering with my thinking mind. And that's where I lived. 100% of the time, I was always like thinking, 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 planning, 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 like just going, 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 going 24 seven. Um, and so it was so frustrating. But as soon as I started just being, like just being in the present moment, that stuff still exists. It's still all around me. Um, but there's not um, suffering because I'm just being in that present moment and not resisting it. Um, it was just like, oh, I kind of did that to myself. <laughs> that's, that's a really good tip that could probably help a lot of people. I mean, that 
And that's not something like because most people don't even know that there is a thinking mind and a feeling mind, you know, the conscious and the subconscious, they don't know how to get to the bottom of that, you know? So that's so powerful. So thank you for sharing that. And even as you were talking, I kind of had my own aha moment because I have always been a huge planner and I have to have everything laid out and I would like think all the time. I mean, I know everyone's thinking all the time, but like, I felt like I was always going and it was always very chaotic for me. Like I would go from one thing to another and I couldn't make decisions because I'm thinking, you know, too much. And, um, like we're in the process of redoing our kitchen too. And I'm, I realized that I've been thinking about it so much that it's chaotic. Cause I'm like, do I want this or do I want this? And then like, I'm just always going. And then I go to like, Oh, and then when we go like to this room, we're going to do this. And I'm like, I can't like, ah, just stop one thing at a time. So just, I had this aha moment as you're talking that I'm in my thinking mind too much. And even though that's like a totally different thing than what you were saying, there's a connection like just, you know, yeah, yeah. definitely. I can't recommend enough just spending as much time as possible just being. Just being. So I was telling you, like, we start with kids in our classroom in, I don't know, two days, three days, whatever. Um, and it was like, I don't have lesson plans written. I don't have curriculum sorted I don't have like all changing grade levels I don't like don't have the things that I normally would have but for the other grade level um all of this like unknown all of this stuff but not getting stressed out not um diving deeper into thinking and planning and all of that stuff because if I did the result isn't going to be something that would have been done in presence, like in stillness, it would have been chaotic. And then it will be chaotic when it's put into practice, put into place. So it's not that I'm saying the teachers shouldn't plan at all, but it's like for the first year, first time in 21 years of teaching, it's going to be like a, this happened today. That means this needs to happen tomorrow and forever putting the students first. I love that. That's what we need. And yeah, actually my team has been texting. Um, it's the weekend, right? I mean, we record on the weekend and um, it's the weekend, a holiday weekend nonetheless. And my team is talking about plans. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not. And you're absolutely right. And my point is that typically a lot of teachers, the mind is always running and you're always thinking about the job. And it's coming from that place of you want it to be the best for your kids. Absolutely. But when you do that, you're right. It comes from a place of chaos or you're not getting the time that you need to recharge so then it will eventually catch up to you and you'll get burnt out. So either way, I think you're absolutely right. And this comes for other professions too, not just teaching. Um, 
even being a parent, you know, um, yes, taking the time to just stop and not worry about it. And it's going to happen. I mean, one way or another, we're going to be ready for Wednesday when kids come, you know, it's just, it doesn't have to be on, you know, your time that you need to recharge and it doesn't have to come from that place of stress. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have to, not only am I saying that all teachers should be putting their students needs first, like we should be going into each day's plan or each day's lessons or each day's um, whatever it is with them in mind first, like where were they yesterday? Where am I going to have them be today? Not where are they going to be at the end of this unit or the end of the month? Like I need to, you know, those things are mapped out for us, but like we have to be number one before that, because if we're not taking care of ourselves, like you were saying, like we can't take care of them. We can't make good decisions. We can't make good plans. We can't make good choices. And so if I was to run myself ragged today and tomorrow and Tuesday and leading up to being with them in person on Wednesday, then they wouldn't get the best me and guarantee it. And I'm sorry, if I'm a parent, like I want my kids to have the best. Uh Absolutely. And that can't be from chaos. Yeah. I I think, I just think that's such an important, such an important thing to realize 100%. I love that you brought that up. So true. And I know our topic was allowing, but I know, but it's a, it's okay. You know what? It, it goes where it needs to go. And someone out there is going to need to hear that message. So um, I think that's right now. Yeah. Um, but actually, I'm glad that the conversation has kind of led into the classroom a little bit. Um, there's a quote from the book, The Law of Attraction, that I would like to share um, because I think this is a really powerful, powerful thing to realize. So and, um, here's the quote. I am wise enough to understand that in sameness, in conformity, there is not the diversity that stimulates creativity. In focusing upon bringing about conformity, I am pointed toward an ending rather than to a continuing of creation. Oh my gosh, it's like that. Right? (laughs) Right? Yes. It's, um, I read that when I was sitting on the beach actually, and, um, I have been very focused on this year that I want to make a difference. I mean, you always want to make a difference in your kids' lives, of course, but, um, I've been feeling like, and I'm not the only one I know that, um, the way that education is being delivered at least in the U.S., I can't speak to other countries. Um, there are definitely some cracks, um, but I've made a vow to myself that this year is going to be different, and I am going to actually make a change. You know, um, not again, not saying that change is not happening. I'm saying on a different different scale. I'm going to do things differently that I never would have done before. Um, but one of those. But this quote kind of brought me back to that because it talked about conformity and 
teaching the way it is now, everyone in a classroom all day, we don't do the rows thing with the desks, but, you know, just being at a desk, you know, for most oh, of right the now day, we are, <laughs> with COVID, yeah. we are. Well, <laughs> But, um, you know, just the idea of being in your seat, being talked to, I know that we are trying to break out of that, but generally that is still, you know, generally here. Um, That comes back from when we had factories and kids were being taught how to be factory workers. So it is long outdated and it is conformity, right? It was put in place so that everyone could conform to be like this to work in this one profession so we need to get out of that because it is it is stifling the creativity yeah and um same thing like with all of the so i'm gonna say it like all of the standards it's like everyone has to be the same at the same level doing the same thing these curriculums is like i just it hurts my heart because um, we're all different. We should be celebrating differences, celebrating diversity, um, being inclusive, absolutely, but celebrating those things that make people different, um, not labeling them, not um, making you know someone feel as if they are somehow not enough um the whole just feel like the whole system right now like you said is so old and just it doesn't work and it shouldn't be so like it shouldn't be like that it should be celebrating differences, celebrating diversity, and um, allowing, accepting, inclusivity, all of those things um, that lead to new things and creativity. And instead, we're stifling all of that. Yeah. And, um, and again, I know that there are teachers and schools and curriculums even that are trying to break out of that. I'm not saying it's nearly as bad as it used to be, but in general, you know, there, there are definitely some things that could, could use a little revamping, but um, I just thought that was a really powerful quote to even just start thinking about, um, you know, and even parents at home, you know, like, to think about with your own kids, you know, how you can, you know, kind of allow them to, to be more creative or explore things that, that they might be interested in, you know. Um, and that kind of leads me into something else that I wanted to touch on, um, is that our experiences that we have, that's what brings about more of a knowing than just words. Yes. And I think that's a big piece of what happens in the classroom too. You know, we say we're trying to bring them experiences and opportunities and all of this, but are we really? Like they're, you know, we're still in a classroom all day. And a lot of the lessons I know that I've been, we have curriculums that it's, here's the lesson, you know, you read, you read what you're supposed to do and you do it. But there's a lot of the starting out where the kids are starting to get the knowledge is 
the teacher telling them or, you know, and then they're not really getting experiences. And it's like having the experience is so much more powerful, you know, than just listening to words. It's, it's them needing to trust you instead of, you know, experiencing for themselves and being able to have that gut feeling and trusting it because they know it to be true because they just did it. <laughs> they just experienced it. So, um, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, spot on too. Um, And I do want to relate this back to what we were talking about, because I'm sorry, we did kind of get off on a tangent a little (laughs) bit going into this whole classroom area. But this applies to to everyone. Um, Even, you know, we're here. We have all these different experiences to figure out what do we like and what do we not like. So having experiences is going to uh, allow you to have have that to collect those different things and see how you feel about them so it does relate i promise to the art of allowing um you know because even if it's a bad experience that you've had then you know okay i don't like that so i don't want to do that again you know um or i really love this i want to do that again i want more of that so it's all been designed this way to help us figure out what we want to create um because we are supposed to figure out what we love and then use our thoughts to create that and then use our bodies to enjoy it. We don't really do that, um, but that's what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> that was our intention before we came into the bodies that we're in. Absolutely. Do you have anything that you want to add before we wrap up? Um, the, the last thing that I do want to share, I think can be pretty powerful, kind of goes back to what we were saying in the beginning about tolerating versus allowing, um, we don't have to let other people's behaviors affect us. You know, what happens if someone does something, um, you know, has a negative behavior, let's say, and then we start thinking about that behavior that we see them doing and reacting to it then that becomes our vibration. And then we allow someone else's behavior to affect what comes into our life. Because then we started, if we continue to think about it, you know, think about if you have a student or even someone at work who does something bad, let's say you you have a a student blow up, you know, and then you go and you tell your coworkers, oh, guess what Johnny just did? And then you go home and you tell your spouse or your significant other, oh, this is what X, Y, and Z did at school today. Well, now you've spent an entire day thinking about what the student did and it's a negative vibration. So now you're inviting more of that to happen because you're thinking about it. So you're manifesting it and you're inviting the essence of that vibration in. So you're going to encounter other experiences that make you feel the way that that student made you feel. So um, you've let that child or that person affect you, but we don't have to allow that to happen. You know, that student could act however they act. And then you could just start thinking about, well, what would I love to happen right now? 
you know, and, and go to that place of what you want, focus on what you want. When the student, you know, do whatever you have to do, of course, in the moment to, you know, make sure the student is safe and everything. Um, but you don't have to give energy to it. You don't have to go and talk about it all day. You don't have to think about it. Um, and then, you know, later you can go and when the child is calm, go over, talk to the child, you know, try to, what I would like to do this year is try to get to the bottom of their paradigms because there's a reason that these kids are acting however they are, you know, so really get to the root of it to help them. But my point is you don't have to let other people's behavior affect you. It's only affecting us when we focus on it. So if we try not to focus on it um, or focus on what we'd rather have happen instead, or just things that you enjoy, if you're in a bad situation and you focus on things that make you happy, then that's going to be your vibration instead of the negativity. So I just thought that was kind of, that could be helpful for people as well. I agree. Sorry, we're having <laughs> sounds out there. I don't know, thunder possibly again. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I agree. So I hope that this, um, that this episode has been helpful. I know we got off on some tangents, but um, the art of allowing is the third universal law in this series. We've talked about the law of attraction, um, the law of deliberate creation, and now the art of allowing. And when you use them all put together, that's when the so-called magic happens, you know, in your, your world, you are consciously creating the world that you want. So if anyone has questions about any of this, feel free to um, reach out. You can join our Facebook group, um, Mindset Teaching Outside the Box, where you can interact with us and, and our community. Um, we also have the YouTube channel as well that you can interact with us there. Um, Eileen, is there anything else? Um, I don't think so. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We are always so grateful for our listeners and we will see you next time.